This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. And now we have a treat for sports fans everywhere. It's really important that professional athletes learn what uh, to say and how to deliver their message. We've got a great first half. Make sure you keep the ball doing the work. We're still looking to get it in the wide areas. First of all, it's the correct stadium design, but also the correct pitch construction. And that clash at rivalry comes together with that traditional white block against that more modern, contemporary neon colour. All these events live on the programme. We'll continue to do our best to cover sport in the way that you like, backed up by our highly professional team. Grandstand starts now on BFM 89.9. Hello there, I'm Ross Yusuf. Welcome to another episode of Grandstand. It's a weekly programme that gives you a different look at sport. Now, this week, we delve into the world of sports commentary. I actually grew up listening every week to the dulcet tones of John Motson, Brian Moore, Martin Tyler. In fact, he's still going, isn't he, Martin Tyler? Waxing lyrical about the beautiful game. Now, it is totally an acquired skill commentating, and I am lucky enough to know a man who commentates on not just one, but many, many different sports at an international level. This week, we are speaking to probably the number one sports commentator in Southeast Asia, ladies and gentlemen, Des Corkill. Um, I'm going to start at the beginning uh, and, and ask you, what's a, a guy from Liverpool doing in Southeast Asia uh, commentating on loads of sports? Um, how did that happen? How did that happen? Well, my background is in sports producing. I'm a producer first and foremost, and uh, I like to tell sporting stories. I like to visually get them get them told. And my so my background is broadcast. And I came over to Asia, and I didn't feel stories were being told properly. So I started off commentating to try and demonstrate how I wanted it done. Again, my background Sky, background's BBC, uh, brought upon Peter Jones, brought upon John Motson, Martin Tyler, etc. So, so you get a kind of understanding on what is good and what is poor commentary. And I wasn't hearing good local commentators. I was hearing people who knew the stuff and were mm-hmm, passionate, mm-hmm. but weren't telling the story. And so I, I just started it as a... Uh, uh, as a, a way just to say, hey, guys, here's, here's how I'd like to see it done as a producer. And as soon as somebody come, uh, better comes along than me, then... Where, where, where did that over. start? Was that in Singapore? That was in Singapore. I, I came and joined uh, ESPN because um, I'd been working for a company called IMG, who now do the Premier League. And I came and uh, joined ESPN and we set up Sports Centre. And we set it up in uh, five languages, in Hindi, in, uh, uh, in Taiwanese, in uh, Mandarin, uh, and in English. And then later on, after my time, we also set one up in, in, uh, in uh, Bahasa as well. So Sports Centre and sports, sports News was always my background. But it's the presentation of sport. I'm from Liverpool. I wasn't good enough to play pro. I played semi-pro. Mm-hmm. I wasn't bad, but I wasn't good enough to play pro. And I wanted to stay in the sports industry because there's nothing better than being close, nothing better than a big occasion. And I've been in Singapore, which doesn't have a sporting culture. We got the Astro got the rights to, to the Malaysia Super League, mm. which attracted me up here in 2010. That's why I came up, because we had the, the Super League rights. And we did a decent job on the Super League. And again, part of the, part of the attraction there was I was doing some commentary. We did Malay commentary, but we were missing out a whole... 
um, urban section mm -hmm. who wanted a bit of English commentary. And so we, I, I put English commentary on there as well. Uh, it came as a suggestion from my boss, uh, Matt McEwen. Uh, God, God rest his soul. He passed away just six months after he brought me up. But uh, it worked. Yeah. We were getting good feedback, a good reaction, and it added a certain value. The Malay commentators are terrific. They know their stuff. We did things in a slightly different way, a slightly more sky way, mm -hmm. always with a desire to create the uh, sportsman as an icon, to create um, an opportunity for us to actually say, hey, go, here's something great happening in local sport. Brilliant. So it's, it's, a, it's a long, convoluted journey. I got into commentary by accident as a way to say to people, here's how I'd like it done. And there haven't been many better, I say, not immodestly, able to push me off my perch. When they come, I will willingly go, <laughs> particularly if it's local guys. If it's uh, guys like yourself have come along and Jeevan and, and Craig Marias, etc. And they've all had, had a go and Stan, uh, Stanley Bernard all had a go. So I'm battling uh, to, to, to keep up there. But I work hard. I do my research. I make sure I know the backgrounds of the players and make sure I know the backgrounds of the teams and the histories and the stories. And I try to tell a story. When I'm perceived to be not in the top three or four in the country, then I'll give up. So do you, you, you base yourself now in, in Asia, in Southeast Asia? I've been a resident in Asia for 17 years. <laughs> I, I couldn't vote in the recent UK election because I've been here so long. Uh, I love this part of the world, uh, particularly Malaysia. I think the sporting culture is fabulous. It frustrates me immensely because of the politics involved, uh, because of the lack of uh, progression when clearly there should be progression. Um, but the potential is just immense. And also, some of the occasions I've been to, some of the cup finals, some of the cup semifinals, yeah, yeah. Um, even just some of the league matches down at Johor, up at Kedah. Uh, when Lions 12 in the league, I did a season following the Lions 12. It was wonderful. Yeah. The Lions 12 was the biggest sporting event in Singapore. And it's much derided uh, down in Singapore. But I thought it, it brought together a, a big community. They yeah. regularly had eight or 9,000 uh, at the Lions. They had some very games. good players as well. They had some great players. Yeah. And all those players have dropped the level yeah. since they've gone back to the S-League. Um, so it gets much derided and it's being blamed a lot for Singapore football's woes. I don't think that was a, 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 a real problem. I think it was a high point because players were playing in front of 40,000 in Tringanu. The riots we had in Tringanu, the passion, you don't want rioting, but the passion after that <laughs> cup, cup semi-final defeat. It was something I would not have wanted to have missed. Yeah, it, it was unforgettable. I, I was involved as well, uh, commentating during that period. Um, all right, moving away from football, I, I've heard you commentate on lots of things. One of the things that, that really raised both eyebrows at the same time was Sepak Takro. Um, how many sports have you done now, Des? It's in the dozens. Um, effectively... Name some of the interesting ones. Uh, table tennis, uh, the Singapore Olympic gold medal in, in Beijing. Uh, I, I was commentating on that for Media Corps. Uh, ice hockey was what, was what I started at. Um, I, uh, ho hockey now for Malaysia, and congratulations to Malaysia on uh, making it to the World Cup for next year. Uh, badminton I've grown into. I'm not great on individual sports. The tennis doesn't do it for me, and squash, the individual sports don't do it for me. But if, if there's a team sport where there's a collective coming together, like Sepak Takro, it's mm. wonderful mm. skill. A, the serving, B, the saving, C, the setting, D, the acrobatics, E, the blocking. It's all there, and it's time after time after time, and, and you can see a team get, getting momentum. You, can, uh, you, you find out where these kids are from and how they've all been thrown together. 
And then you see them play against the Koreans who are six foot one, six foot two, and have been brought together for a specific purpose of uh, <laughs> uh, becoming Sepak World Champions and succeeding in doing so, knocking the ties off their perch uh, for, for, for one brief spell. Um, it, 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 it's wonderful. It's all about stories. Yeah. And each game is a story, but each game leads into a, a bigger competition. Each competition leads into a wider picture of, of what goes on in the season, which brings me to my biggest complaint. Where are the seasons? Mm-hmm. In Malaysian football, mm-hmm. you know where the season is. So Takro. Okay, we've got a two-month season. There hasn't been an international Takro event for two years because it, because of politics. It, yeah, is it because the associations aren't funded and no, they're funded, and and Astro in particular have supported uh, these these uh, these um, uh, international associations. What they've got to do is they they're coming down. Oh, we've got to make money. It's got to be from uh, from the grassroots first. There's got to be a league which then people start to get interested in. Yep, yep, yep. And that says, oh, this is worth covering. You know, for me, um, I, I, I think something that could be really interesting here in Malaysia would be snooker and cricket. I think that would really take off. Well, cricket is, is very niche. Uh, and there is a cricket league that goes on, and it's a state league, and uh, it doesn't get massive coverage. We should be really good at that. We've got great weather, haven't we? <laughs> yeah, 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 we do, but it, it's a it's a very it's a very niche sport and it's a very Indian sport. Um splitting it down in, in, into into races. Um, um not many Malays I know play cricket. Um, football is the Malay support uh, sport as is Sepak Takro. Um, which is great, and let's let's encourage that. But yep. let's also try to get more Chinese and more Indians yep. and and more Eurasians, if you don't mind, play, playing sport as well, because it is the great unifier. You see, when uh, uh, we we win the badminton gold, uh, badminton silvers, how the country unites. Yeah, yep. suddenly it unites, and this yep. is for a Chinese sport. Badminton yep. is a Chinese sport. Yeah, you've got uh, you've 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 got uh, Hafiz, etc. Yep. But it's predominantly a Chinese sport. Um, but sport can be a wonderful uniting. Uh, um, b- b- well, it, it's what Im- Im- impresses me. What excites me. Well, it's it's the currency Indeed. of the world, isn't it? Indeed. Yeah, how well your football team does. Ex- exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And at the moment, people aren't saying it about Malaysia. No, how well no. your football team does, because yeah. the team's not doing very well. Yeah. But I bring this back to a lack of depth in your leagues because your top class players they're the best in the country yeah, agreed. absolutely agreed but there's so little pressure from underneath for players to push them out of their position and there's so little pressure on those few who are there mm. from underneath them because yeah. there's no professional status because teams are coming and going and disappearing and leaving and are based upon companies I mean Proton and KL Plus having a team I don't get it why would I support a motorway why a valid point, I'm sure you'll agree. More from Des Corkill and the world of sports commentating in a moment. See you in a bit. More grandstand coming right up on BFM 89.9. Bodacious, fabulous minds. BFM 89.9, the business station. A view of sports from every angle. This is Grandstand. 
You can enjoy these highlights at home now. I'm sure your eyes, your hands have been covering your eyes for much of the second half, but now you can take it off and enjoy it. Faris Ramley enjoying the moment, as was Fandy. But for the rest of the first half, it was all about Kalantan. And even into the second half, they had chances. Um, a really good opening here for, well, it breaks the ones Aaron knees I'm in the end. And after this equaliser, nobody, nobody would have seen the Lions being able to get out of the hole that they were in. This week's guest, Des Corkill, commentating on the 2015 Malaysia FA Cup tie between Kelantan and Lions 12. Welcome back. We are talking, as if you didn't know, to sports commentator Des Corkill, um, my favourite scouser. Yeah, Des, is there a sport that you'd like to commentate on, but you actually haven't yet? Um, oh, gosh, I've done more. I had, a, I had a first with beach volleyball earlier this year, which was really good. Um, there was an event up in Langkawi, and the, the skills and the tactics uh, impressed me. So did you have to learn, did you, watch, did you have to watch lots of, lots of beach volleyball and, and learn the spikes and what, what they well, are? Well, I, I knew the basics of volleyball anyway because I played volleyball, uh, and I had a, a, a commentator alongside me who'd played beach volleyball, and he was telling me what they were looking for and how it was different, and, and the, he's, he's a fitness coach who works in Kuala Lumpur now, a Brazilian guy called Marcio, and he just taught me the things to look out for, and I think that's the key of being a commentator. You're trying to get people to see the things that aren't obvious. So it's all well and good saying five passes to six, passes to nine. If I name who five and six and nine are, it makes a difference because I'm adding a little bit of colour around to what's going on. If I'm at the stadium and I'm seeing a a run down the right-hand side that's not in picture, I can alert people to it so they can look to the right of their screen and when player number 14 comes into picture... He's there. And that's the role of a commentator. Yeah. So uh, I've not answered your question. Is there a sport? Not, there isn't one that springs out at me because I've done most of them. Would you do ice skating? Uh, I've done ice skating. <laughs> uh, I found it difficult because I'm not technically yeah, efficient yeah. at it. Um, You've got to know the moves, surely. You, you do, but they're, they're fairly simple. You, you just need to go. I've, 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 um, I spent a lot of time covering ice hockey. How come? And at ice course, rinks, yeah. there's uh, an off, uh, the, 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 the skaters share with um, figure, figure skaters. And so the, the coaches are there. They work terrifically hard, um, crazy hours through the middle of the night. So I know what a triple toe loot is. I know what, it, what it's meant, meant to look like. Um, I know what a, uh, throw a few names at me. I, I know roughly what they are. But I don't care enough about it. And again, I think you've got to care. Yep, absolutely. You've got to want to pass this information on. You've got to feel a connection somewhere with you for you to be able to pass on this information to people. Okay. How how you got into it? You you, you said your background was in sports production. And uh, assuming there there are young people listening to us now who who would like to get into this this industry... um, what, what kind of advice can you give them now? What should they be doing? Um, if you're really young, listen to commentators I, 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 uh, on radio. Uh, Peter Jones, I used to listen to Radio 5 Live. Yeah, all you're the talking time. about BBC and, and talking all BBC this li- and, and how they did it. And, and, and you develop a style. And my style is a lead commentator tells you who and what is happening. An expert commentator comes to you and tells you why and how. And if you're on radio, you've got to speak more because you've got to say you're on the left-hand side. You've got to describe the colours in the crowd, the smoke, 
billowing up because it's a cold day and there's sweat coming off the bodies. You've got to describe how the the net is rippling or the or the flag is rippling in the in the in the wind or how the mud is spraying. So that's a radio commentary on television. You can see that. Mm. So it's a different kind of commentary. Uh, you you rely more upon your analyst. You're trying to let him uh, give more information. What's going on? Why is a team? Why is the team not attacking? Why is uh, best example? Steve Darby, mm-hmm. former coach of Pella, mm-hmm. he once just nudged to me and said, "Number four, okay, what what's going on? He's hurt. They're going to attack down the down the number four side. His left leg's hurt. He's hurt his knee. He can't move." Sure enough, two minutes later, <laughs> attack comes down the left-hand side. The number four, the, the, the defender, who I can't remember what the what That's the commentary was. gold. Gold. And a good analyst should be able to do that. A good lead commentator should enable an analyst to be able to do that. But this is stuff that me, I couldn't see. So nobody else could see, and he preempted it. That is wonderful commentary. That's brilliant stuff. That's, that's, so when you watch sport now, are, are you... Are you Analytical? Do you, do you watch uh, and listen to commentary? Does it take enjoyment away from watching sport? No, a good commentator adds to it. Um, uh, one of the things that annoys me a little bit with commentary is that, that they speak too much. This is why Martin Tyler, I think, is so well regarded. Personally, I don't think he's the best, but he's so well regarded because he has an economy of words. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he doesn't say things that are unnecessary. Yeah. Um, when he teamed up with Andy Gray, I thought that was the dream team because you had this low-key uh, Martin Tyler and this enthused <laughs> behemoth in the, in the commentary alongside him, saying these wonderful things with uh, cr- uh, um, real credibility because of who he was. Wonderful combination. I don't think that, uh, that combo has ever been surpassed. But a good commentator uh, or good commentary can add a certain something, can, can make you... You don't have to be watching the game, but you know what's going on. You can feel the vibe. Even if it's a lousy game, we can maybe say, okay, there's, there's good pressing. It's defensive work, or, or the atmosphere is good, or this is a lousy game, <laughs> which is part of our brief. But yep, yep. We, 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 we're trying to sell the sport. Whatever we're doing, we're trying to sell it. We're trying to get people to stay involved and, uh, and in touch. So we're trying to look out for the positives, but sometimes it is just lousy. And the man sells sport very, very well indeed. One thing you cannot accuse Tess Corkill of is lack of passion. We're off for another break. When we return, we will try and find out if there is a soft side to Tess Corkill. Hmm. First, you should listen to a man from Liverpool commentating on Sepak Takro. We're rather ignoring a little bit... Um... The Koreans will focus on them in a moment. There's the starting list there, Shazri and Kamar. I tell you what, the feeders, they're always understated, but they do so much work. The stars are the Tekongs and the strikers, but the feeders, the heartbeat. So the Elite Eight in Istaf Sopakuto make their way through. This is the second of the three main events going on today. We've just seen Thailand get the better of Myanmar. 21-16, 21-16. Malaysia, Korea. Later on, we've got the women's group. Thailand versus Myanmar. Malaysia versus Vietnam. But now it's the men's regu Korea to get us underway. Level. This is Grandstand on BFN 89.9. Be firmly motivated. BFM 89.9. Sit back. 
talk sports and play ball. This is Grandstand. World Hockey League coming to you from Johor Bahru in Southern Malaysia. This is an opportunity for the host Malaysia to give themselves a real chance of being in next year's World Cup. They're in a fifth place matchup against Japan. It's Razi Rahim. Penalty corner number seven for Razi in this tournament. And that is just the start Malaysia needed. Time is gone. We are going to have the fun and games of a shootout. So Fitri Saari, now he's won a shootout for Tringanu in domestic yeah. hockey. Yeah. Can he do the same for Malaysia? Fitri. He certainly can hit the backboard. Now then, as you say, it's sudden death. Fitri, cool as you like. Malaysia have got themselves fifth place. Japan are despondent, but the elation for Kumar and for Paul Revington's team, absolutely massive, and look at the crowd. Welcome back to the show. That was Des Corkill, our guest this week, commentating on the Men's Hockey World League back in 2013. Des is the European voice that you can hear commentating on a lot of local sports on television. Now we're interested in the real Des Corkill. How does Des Corkley relax outside the traveling, outside the um, getting ready for a job? Uh, do, do, you, do you cook? No. Nope. Do you do gardening? No. Nope. <laughs> uh, I, I, I watch sports, um, sadly. I, I, I actually, I would normally be paying to go to these events if I wasn't doing them. Mm -hmm. um, I read. I'm a, I'm a hist World War II history buff. So, I've uh, seen pictures of you cycling. Yeah, yeah, I do a lot of cycling. I do a lot of sport. Um, so I, I, I cycle whenever I can in Singapore. Uh, it's not quite as safe up here in, in Malaysia, but I do get out once in a while. Uh, I go kickboxing um, uh, where, where I'm trying to get myself fit. I used to play a good standard football, but uh, mostly work is at weekends and mm. nights when, when football takes place and my knee's not, not quite as good as it should be. So, yeah, I participate in as many sports as I can. I read a little bit. Uh, I've got friends. I go out, and uh, we, we have a, uh, a night normally talking about sport, which and, the women don't like. And, and so when, when you watch the likes of Malaysia and Singapore play, uh, other Asian countries, do you, do, you, do you throw your support behind them wholeheartedly? Uh, I want them to do well because I, I'm from Liverpool. And Liverpool is a city in the northwest of England, which is famous for its sport and the Beatles and uh, for being a slave um, uh, city. But Liverpool's got immense problems. Um, yes, it, it's, it's emerging from uh, a devastating um, recession. It's still got a high rate of unemployment. But Liverpool is, is received around the world in a very positive light, more positive perhaps than it deserves to be. It, it's a wonderful city. And musically, sporting-wise. Yes, yeah, but it, it, has, it has immense uh, problems in terms of unemployment. The reason I'm not in Liverpool, I left 38 years ago. All of my family, five, five, five uh, brothers and sisters, in, well, I'm, I'm one of five, we've all left because there wasn't any work for us. Of my classmates, 33. Do you regret having to do that? Does that make you sad? Um, well, there was nothing there. So what do you do? 
if if there's nothing if there's nothing in KL, you you go to where the work is. Um, I I still say I'm from Liverpool. That's where my home is. Uh, recently went back, buried my mum. Uh, so there's the home is there, but the family home has gone. Um, friends all over the world, but very few in Liverpool. My one connection, I, I still hold on to a family season ticket for, for Liverpool FC, but none of my family live in Liverpool. That's sad and funny at the same time as well. Well, it's where I'm from, and so you want but to keep yeah, those roots. Yeah, it, it's in you. Believe yeah. me, it's in you. But, I, I know you. <laughs> <laughs> but the next generation of, of Cork Hills, they're not from Liverpool. They're from Leeds and Bath and Dubai. and, and so So that... Merseyside connection is gone and that is sad mm. okay uh, last word then if you could change one thing about sport in Malaysia what would you do uh, would, wouldn't be one thing I, it, it, the politics somehow somehow you, you you take the politics away from it and you try to make it for the fans and the people uh, just as one example there um, Shah Alam's a beautiful stadium, glorious, fabulous stadium. Holds 90,000 people. It holds 90,000 people maybe twice a year. Mm. So if there was a stadium in, in, in um, Shah Alam that held 10,000 people without a running track, because 90,000 people have never gone to see an athletics event yep. at the Shah Alam Stadium. <laughs> it's a good point. So if there was a, a fifteen or 20,000-seat stadium without a running track that was modern, that had good lighting, that had public transport to get to the place, yep. then that would be great. And it needs a politician to think of this. Yeah. They can do it for hockey stadia. Why can't they do it for, for football stadium? So it's the politics. So I don't know why these big stadiums are built. They, they seem to be shrines for, for, for look at me, look at me, and not for, hey, wouldn't this be a good venue? Hmm. The new Felder Stadium is great, apart from it's impossible to get to. Yeah, it's in the middle of nowhere, yeah. yeah. Uh, brilliant stuff. Des Corkill, thank you so much. It's been a total pleasure talking to you. I hope you've enjoyed it. I have. Uh, <laughs> I, wish it, I wish it could last a, a few hours longer. And uh, it, there's, a de- there's a debate in here. We need, to get def- we need to get a debate going about Malaysian sport. And he would literally talk the pants off you. Trust me, there is no more passionate foreigner about sport in this country today. Find me. Find me one. Trust me. Uh, Sports commentator and a man uh, I'm lucky to be able to call a very good friend indeed, Des Corkill. Well, that's it. We are done with another episode of Grandstand. Do tune in next week when we will talk to another person from a sport talking about their sport. Hmm. Thanks for listening. Bye now. Tune in next week for more Grandstand on BFM 89.9. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.